0: We're going to shift gears uh, a little bit now, and I'm going to spend a few minutes um, talking about this idea that Matt talked about uh, last Sunday, blessed to be a blessing. And some of you got an email a couple of weeks ago from Matt with an attached letter. And if you didn't, a copy of that letter is over on the, the counter. But Matt kind of explained this. We're hoping to Collect $15,000 above and beyond what people normally give here at Exodus by the end of this year that will be totally given away towards different efforts that Exodus is involved in over and above our budget. And uh, I want to kind of speak today about that. And uh, I want to share my heart, I want to share my passion about it, and just explain to you why I think it's a good deal good deal, that's kind of a funny thing, why I think uh, we're doing it, why I've been motivated and led to be a part of it, and just kind of share that experience. We're going to look at a passage of scripture that I think uh, applies to you and I, and uh, break that down, and then also through some different questions, try to answer some questions that you may have. Um, But Matt explained last week, there are green envelopes that are over there on the welcome counter. Uh, on a, online you're able to choose a different category of when, if you give online there's general budget and then there's a B2B 15k item if you want things to go to it and as Matt said last week the goal really isn't $15,000 the goal is really to expand our generosity and try to be a blessing to the people here in Bloomington and um, I just want to share my heart and my uh, my thoughts um, about that, as your pastor, because I was kind of uh, some of the, had some of the vision behind it and, um, and I want to just share that with you. So I want to share four questions, and we're going to look at a passage in 2 Timothy today, and if I were you, I would be asking a few questions about why are Dan and Matt talking about this blessed to be a blessing, which this $15,000, I'm telling you, we are totally wanting to give all of that away. So all the money given goes, doesn't go to us. So if you think, well, Matt and Dan are like, you know, wanting to go on vacation or something, none of this is coming to us. So this is all money that we want to just give away. So the first question that I would ask if I were you is, why should I participate? I mean, why should I participate? Why would I want to participate in something like this? And I want to look at a passage in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, a passage that I believe may be more applicable today and to this culture than even the day it was written in the culture that it, it was from. And this is what Timothy is saying. Look at these words. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Now, the first reaction I have when I read that and go, well, I'm not rich, so that doesn't really apply to me because I don't have a Bentley and a mansion and a yacht and all of those things. But the reason that we say that is because we live in the United States of America and and we look at, at, at things differently. Compared to the rest of the world, Compared to where Rajesh lives in India and, and the, the large population of the world, the fact that we live in America makes us rich. The fact that we have health insurance makes us rich. The fact that we have Social Security makes us rich. The fact that we could participate in Black Friday makes us rich. Those are things that rich people do. Now, here's the reason that you don't think that you're rich, and the reason that I don't think that I'm rich, is because you know people who have more than you. Alright? I know people that have more than me. You know people that have more than you. And when I look at them, I'm like, I'm not rich. Those people are rich. I'm not rich. But the truth and reality is, all of us in this room, all of us in this room have more than we need. We do. It's just a fact. We have more that we need. And another reason you don't think you're rich is because most of us are isolated from people who really, really are in need. A lot of us are just isolated. We, we don't come in contact with that. We, we take things for granted. We live and have a lifestyle that we just assume is normal. And... Because of that, we think, well, that verse doesn't apply to me. I'm not rich, so that just means that I'm not proud, and that means I don't trust in my money. But I got a a video that I want you to watch that's a little bit absurd. Um, It is people that live in the third world talking about problems that people in the first world complain about, okay? So I want you to watch on the screen and just...
1: Try to put I your in I hate when eyes. my phone charger won't reach my bed. I hate when my little seats aren't heated. When I go to the bathroom and I forget my phone. Let me tell you what you're I hate it when my house is so big. I need two wireless water When my makeup makes my hot water taste too cold. When I have to write my name the check, but I forget her last night. I hate it when I tell them no pickles and they still give me pickles.
0: When you watch that video, you, you realize the fact that that passage in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, is talking to you and I. Because there's people all over the world that, that would not understand the problems that you and I face. When you told them that you waited in line for four hours at Best Buy Friday morning to get a new iPhone, and when you got up to the front of the line, they didn't have it, and that really irked you they would not understand what you were talking about. So my challenge to us is when you ask the question, why should I participate? I would say, because I think all of us in this room have more money than we actually need. Second question, why does God need my money? I mean, if God's got lots of money, why does he need my money? Why does he need somebody else's money? And my response to you would be, because you and I have a responsibility to help other people out, because we have been blessed to be a blessing to others. Not been blessed just so that we can consume all the blessing, but we have been blessed so that we can share that blessing. If you go back to 1 Timothy chapter six, the second part of verse 17 says, and it's talking to the people there is the reference. It says, their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. And that verse teaches us that we are not owners of the things that we have, we are managers of them. All the things that we have been given, all all that we are responsible for, all our bank accounts, our houses, our cars, all that stuff, we don't own that. We are managers of it. So you don't live comfortably because you're smart, good looking, and educated. Though you could be one or all of those things, you don't live comfortably because of those. You live comfortably because God has chosen to bless you. That is why. You live comfortably. And generosity has this incredible thing. Generosity is the only thing that I know of that breaks the grip of greed. And you and I live in a culture that that pushes us to be greedy and pushes us to want more and pushes us to want to upgrade and pushes us to want bigger and to want more and to accumulate and to amass and to build. And generosity is the only thing that I know that starts to release that grip of greed upon our lives, because when we are generous, when we give away, when we give away, it's a very powerful thing. And it's powerful, not only to the giver, but it's powerful to the recipient. That's what that verse teaches us. That their trust should be in God, not in our things that we have, Look at verse six, or verse 18 now, go to that slide. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need and always ready to share with others. So everything that we've talked about with blessed to be a blessing, it's not about what Matt or I or, or God or Exodus is asking, is asking from you, but it's what we're also asking for you. That, that we would be people that would be generous and when we are generous it would break the grip of greed in our lives. So the third question is what difference does my participation make? W- why should I participate? Is it really going to make a difference? And I would say the difference that it makes is when we participate we are investing in the physical and the spiritual world. That when we participate and we are generous, we not only help people here on planet Earth, we are helping and we are building the kingdom of God in this invisible world that Matt talks about many times. Verse 19, in the same way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Now, when I was in my mid-twenties, some people who know a lot about money told me, Dan, you need to start saving for retirement, which I was like, okay, that seems like a long way away. But I'm like, okay, so I started taking a little bit of money and putting it towards retirement, 401k. A lot of you in here do that, or maybe you're at a stage in your life where you haven't started that yet, but people that are wise with money tell you you need to take a little bit aside and try to save up for a retirement account. Now, here's the deal. I have this retirement account. I have no idea where it is. Okay I have never seen it. I, I couldn't physically go anywhere and like look at it. All I know is there's a piece of paper that comes once a year and like I open it up and look at it and I'm like, this is it. This is it. I, I, I don't know where it's at. It just, it's like it's this retirement count that I couldn't show you because it's just out there somewhere. But I believe that I have it, and I know that I have it, and if I put a little bit in it, I know I make an investment, and it gets bigger even though I can't really see it or physically touch it. There's a great video clip from the television series Breaking Bad, and so some of you are Breaking Bad fans. You, you may have seen this episode, and I don't think I'm giving away if you haven't watched it yet. But uh, Walt is the main character, and Walt has amassed all of his money, and he has entrusted his wife into dealing with the money. And so she's been trying to manage all of their money, which they made illegally, but that's just kind of part of the show. But anyway, Walt has no idea how much money and his wife has been entrusted in taking care of the money. And in the the clip we're gonna see for the first time, she shows him the money that they've made. And it's pretty interesting. Just watch this.
1: this place and I started bringing it here because I didn't know what else to do. I gave up counting it. I mean, I had to. It was just so much so fast. I I tried weighing it. I figured one bill of any denomination weighs a gram. There are 454 grams to a pound, but there's a Variety of denominations. So, how much is this? I have no earthly idea. I truly don't. I just stack it up, keep it dry, spray it for silverfish. There is more money here than we could spend. In ten lifetimes, I certainly can't launder it. Not with a hundred car washes.
0: Now, here's the reason I show you that clip. When I when I read First Timothy six nineteen, where it says, They will lay up a treasure for themselves and a firm foundation for the coming age, so they may take hold of the life that is truly life. One of these days. I hope for me and I hope for you that we show up in heaven and, and, and there's this big garage door and they open it up and there's this big stack of something underneath a sheet and they go in there and they pull it and you're like, what is all that? And they're like, oh, that's, that's the investments that you made. Uh, when you were down on earth. That's the, when you were giving away, when, when you were serving the kingdom of God, when you were sharing, when you were being generous, when you were investing in all of those things, that's what you've stored up here in heaven. And, and it would be awesome to think in your life and my life that there would be so much and it's such a big stack of it that when you say, well, how much is there? And and angels would go, we don't know. We can't really count that much. We just like, all we do is take care of it and we just keep stacking it. We just keep storing it. But that verse promises us that when we give, when we're generous, we not only help people here on earth, but we also fuel the kingdom of God and what's going on in the invisible world. Last question. Why not just give to these organizations individually? And you can, like, if you want to write a check to, you know, an organization here and not give it to Exodus, that's perfectly fine. You can absolutely do that. It's a free country. But here's what I would say to you. Collective energy and united resources can make a bigger difference. Because I believe that we collectively, when we pull and resource our— who we are and what we are can make a bigger difference in the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to ask Amy Lanham to come up here for uh, a second— And as she's coming, let me explain to you why. Uh, About six or eight weeks ago, I had coffee with Amy and I said, Amy, you gotta, Amy's a very organized person. She's very administrative. And sometimes my mind, I have things like out here and everywhere else. And so I'm like, Amy, I gotta just talk to you and share with what God's laying on my heart. But I, I need you to help like, like bring it together. And so I asked Amy to help me with this idea of what we're gonna call strategic partners because as Matt and I were talking, it's like there needs to be, feels like there may be a better way for us to be more intentional in what we're doing here in Bloomington with the resources that God's given us as a church. How can we make them go farther? How can we accomplish more? How can we give away more? And this idea came about of developing strategic partners. And I asked Amy, I said, can you just um, help me with that? Can you kind of wrap it up and put life to it and help take this idea? And um, and so I've asked her to come and share about what that means. And in 2014, our goal is to take not only the money we have budgeted to give away, but the money that we would raise between now and the end of the year and invest it into these relationships that we want to build with strategic partners. So I'm going to let Amy kind of explain that idea and vision.
2: For you. Okay, well, um, I love the fact that Dan and Rajesh were talking about story this morning because mm-hmm. that is actually the point of what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about. Um, you may be familiar with Seth Godin, who's a marketing expert, but just this past week he wrote a blog uh, entitled, What Do We Get When We Give to a Good Cause? Well, his idea is that when we give to a good cause, we're contributing to a story. And the idea is not only are we changing our own story, by contributing, but we are also changing um, other people's stories, and as Christians, we believe that their story is being changed in even, uh, in an even greater sense. And so, this I believe, um, this bless to bless, is an opportunity for us to truly be world changers in changing our stories and changing the stories of other people. Um, taking people who are in need, who uh, may feel like there is no one else around that cares and blessing them um, in three different ways, uh, not only financially, um, but also to be able to um, be a physical presence. Uh, so our goal is to, um, once we decide on the organizations that we're going to be giving this money to, uh, to offer you opportunities, um, I want to try to build up some teams around these different organizations so that we can let you know what their specific needs are uh, so that there will be volunteer opportunities. So if you can't contribute financially, uh, you can contribute with some man hours. Um, And then uh, finally, to contribute spiritually to these different organizations. Many of you in this church uh, have, have the gift of intercession and prayer, and we would love to be able to partner with some of these different organizations to find out what their specific spiritual needs are to be able to pray for them um, in a very consistent and deliberate way. And I think in all of these um, opportunities, it helps us to be more invested. And uh, we know that, you know, it's Exodus for Bloomington. And I think that this is one way that we can truly become um, more and more Exodus for Bloomington by capitalizing on some of. Um, the, the ministries that we're already involved in, but just in a much more deliberate effort. And, uh, yeah, I was thinking, uh, reflecting about some of my own stories, and uh, I could tell you a lot of stories um, about trying to invest in people in need. Uh, I could tell you stories about tarantulas. I could stel- tell you stories about um, a gun, or should I say a fictitious gun that maybe somebody made up. Um, I could tell you a story about um, my poor, sweet Austin, who was terrified by a dr- drunk man as a result of one of um, these uh, <laughs> opportunities. But the fact is that sometimes it's kind of messy getting involved in these things, but boy, it sure does make life interesting. It really does. And it can be just a, an absolute... Um, A change in your own heart and um, I love you how you said you know it really breaks the chains of greed in your life when you're focused on other people so uh, we will you know within the next few months be letting you know more about these different opportunities um, but my my goal um, is to simply empower the people of Exodus to make a difference um, in Bloomington and truly around the world
0: thank you Amy appreciate that Let me say one more thing about the um, strategic partners. One of the things we're trying to do is just feeling like we want to find the people here in Bloomington that one, people of Exodus are already involved and interested and passionate about, and then two, who are the people in Bloomington that are already just knocking it out of the park, that we want to come alongside them, we want to come alongside them financially, we want to come alongside them physically and spiritually and just say, hey, you're doing a great job. How can we encourage you? How can we partner you? How can we help you get the ball a little further down the field? of us reinventing the wheel? Who's already out there doing it, and how can we partner with them and help them and make a difference and uh, collectively, um, collectively take all of our efforts, money, resources, and make as big of a difference as we possibly can? Four questions just to consider, and then we're going to be done. Um, these are just things as I thought this. I want to wrap it up this way. First one, uh, what will you do with your money if you decide to hold on to it? You know, I can tell you this, the money that you decide to hold on to, you probably, if you say, well, I'm not going to give it away, I'm just going to do this with it. In 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, sometimes when I think of that, I'm like, what, where did that go? Like, oh, I bought a new Xbox game system that I ended up selling at a garage sale three years later. Or what would what we do with the money? And you, you, all, everyone has to feel their own level of comfort with that. But when I ask myself that question, I realize that sometimes I think, well, I had to have this new thing, or upgraded that, or I did this, and then it ends up being things that just are material things that, in the end, I'm like, you know what? I didn't really, I don't know why I wasted all my money on that. Second question, what will money do for you if you decide to release it? What will your money do for you? Now, because there, there's, there's blessings that we talked about, and it can make a difference, and it can Release that grip of greed in your life. Third question, what will your money do for others if you decide to release it? Because it makes a difference physically to people. It's a story. It's a way that God uses it to change lives. And then the fourth question, will I seek God's heart regarding my participation? And as your pastor, that would be all that I would ask from you is for you to honestly say, have a conversation with your spouse or your family and say, where, where does God want us to do here, and if God says keep all your money, or if God says give it to the Salvation Army, or if God says put it in a hole and bury it in the ground, you do whatever God tells you to do. All I'm trying to do today is challenge you to think and ask that question and if we never hit our goal and we get three dollars you know what it's so be it it's three dollars and we will move on because again our goal is not for glory for us and getting fifteen thousand dollars the goal is that we would just be people that would expand our generosity and make a big difference in Bloomington as we possibly can and so as your pastor all I'm doing is asking you to participate and when you think through you may think well I can only do this or I can only do that whatever God tells you to do, even if it's small, even if it's skipping Starbucks once a week, even if it's whatever those small things are, collectively, we want to just be able to make a difference. And um, I think because of that, we want to make a difference here in Bloomington, and we want to make a difference in the kingdom of God. And so that's my challenge. That's the reason why I would say um, to you and why I am participating in doing this. And um, I just want all the glory and the honor to go to our Heavenly Father. Let me pray and then we'll take communion together. God, over the next four weeks, as um, we think o- about this blessed to be a blessing, I-, I just would ask each person in here if they would just honestly ask you how they are to participate. And whatever it is that you tell them to do, may you give them the courage to follow through with that. If it's $5, $100, $1,000, 2000 wh- whatever it would be, we're all in different situations, but Father, you know our hearts and you know our situation. And uh, Father, you know that um, you can take those resources and do amazing things with them. and we want to be people that just hear from you and then respond in a way that shows faithfulness. We want to be people that stretch beyond the comfort of our culture and, d- and don't buy into the there where we have to have every new thing that's around us, and we think somehow we're going to um, ha- have some kind of better Uh, quality of life, but we know that when you call us to do something, when you ask us to stretch, when you ask us to to give away, that you you not only do things in us, you do things in other people, and you um, you fuel what goes on in the spiritual world in your kingdom. So I thank you today for people just uh, putting up with me, um, just uh, asking, and God, I just pray that whatever happens, um, we'll just give you all the glory and the honor, and may you take all these resources, may you take all these man hours, and may you take all of these prayers and just get as much bang for the buck as we possibly can as a church in Bloomington, Indiana. And that's our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to move to a t-